Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of This Week in AML. I'm John Byrne, Chair of the AMLRS Advisory Board. And I'm Elliot Berman, our Creative Director. We are excited to welcome you to the This Week in AML podcast, where we explore key news and developments in the global financial crime prevention community. Hi, John. How are you this week? Hi, Elliot. Fine, thanks. How's it going? Okay. Um, So I'm assuming that you saw that uh, Homeland Security Investigations, part of big Homeland Security, announced earlier this week um, the launch of something called Operation Boiling Point. Right. And um, it's interesting because this is sort of consistent with the overall priorities issued last year, because this particular priority focuses on transnational criminal organizations as well as domestic. So we know, because we've talked about it earlier, that HSI has uh, uh, several uh, projects in the works, including this one that looks at organized theft, which has become obviously a massive problem. Uh, and also to deal with it, the, the, um, the concept of partnership with the private sector, which is obviously something that our community embraces. So yeah, I did see that. And it's, again, just another step in what HSI has been working on for quite a while. Yes. Um, it is uh, a massive undertaking. And uh, one of the things they point out in the, um, uh, on the website that they've created for the, uh, <clears throat> for this project is that they're not talking about shoplifting. Right. I think the, you know, many people, and I would include myself, you know, when you, the first time someone says something about retail theft, what goes, you know, what pops in your head is shoplifting, um, which some people would say is a victimless crime. This is about uh, massive organized theft, um, sometimes at the retail level, but also cargo theft and, and uh, other, uh, as you pointed out, both domestic and international uh, activity. And it's on a huge scale. Um, uh, they talked about the, that the impact of this on the average U.S. family is uh, $500 of additional costs that they'll spend during a year uh, for goods and services as a result of the adverse impact of this kind of activity. Uh, which, right. Which yeah. is, a you know, doesn't, on the one hand, it doesn't sound big, but, you know, if you do a little arithmetic, all of a sudden it's a pretty big number. Yeah. And, and to your point, uh, why, why does this matter? It matters because of the scale uh, they said the increase in fiscal year 2021, uh, 211% increase in terms of cases initiated and uh, um, 61 criminal arrests, uh, 59 cases. But they also point out the impact and the, you know, what happens we face uh, inflation and other issues. This just continues to add to that. So if you, if you think about pandemic, organized retail theft, all of these things have an impact on day-to-day uh, economic uh, challenges, right? So the boiling point, uh, web, uh, the, um, uh, the, if, you go to the, if you go to the website and look at their description 
of how this works. It's really, it's really fascinating. They talk about cargo theft, um, which is something that, you know, you would, you wouldn't necessarily right away, uh, you know, look at and say, Oh, I, I can see where these, these thefts occur, but cargo theft being a, being a big thing because they're targeting building supplies, pharmaceuticals, anything that's getting shipped. Right. So that's, that's part of it. Um, electronics, those sorts of things. And then other activities, um, this is, I always thought this was kind of strange vehicles for their catalytic converters, uh, because I guess they contain precious metals in them, you know, things like that, that obviously criminals are so focused on. And you, at least I would think, gee, I, why are they after those sorts of things? So, um, pretty interesting, but what I liked about it in terms of it, their focus is on awareness, um, the enforcement and partnering and the partnering with retail groups, of course, but they also mentioned uh, the, uh, and they've talked about, and they've done this before, partnering with, with our community, the financial sector. Yes. Um, and uh, um, it's important for, for folks in the financial crime prevention community to understand that um, while these may not directly be financial crimes, once the goods are stolen, they need to be liquidated. Ultimately, the goal is to get, you know, spendable funds. And as we all know, part of that liquidation process is also to make those funds appear uh, legitimate. So that's really where the money laundering connection is. The, the focal point is, that, is primarily of boiling point is at the front end to actually interdict the actual thefts. But clearly they want to attack. If you want to think about um, uh, these thefts as really being part of a criminal supply chain, they want, right. to, they want to intercede at every level. And one level is the money laundering level. Right. And yeah, that's it. So, so the middleman, they do say that obviously in some cases, people that are what they call boosters are stealing the goods and selling them on their own. But most of the time they're sold to a, a fence, right? And that person or persons purchases the merchandise at a fraction of the retail value. And then they sell them. And they sell them through e-commerce websites, social media, wholesale trading distribution companies. Uh, going back to the issue about catalytic converters and you know people stealing other items out of cars, it's obviously a black market for this stuff. And so making people more aware is one of the key goals here. But obviously, there's a lot of criminal activity throughout this process, and it just becomes... Uh, you know, how do you how do you figure this out? And I think, uh, like, again, going back to my original point that I've mentioned now a couple of times, partnering with the private sector, you know, and so I know they're dealing with the National Retail Federation and other like uh, similar similar groups. Um, and that becomes pretty important, but also the partnering with other law enforcement agencies. And I think HSI deserves a lot of credit for doing that. I think certainly that that's been the mindset of HSI for quite a while is that's to work with their partners not just at the federal level, you know, FBI, IRS, but also the state level. Yeah, one of the uh, things that you can that we all can do um, is uh, there will be um, uh, there there is a functionality on the website where you can sign up for email updates on 
operation boiling point, what those updates will look like, we don't know yet, but uh, likely uh, those would be useful um, for all of us to pay attention to as we see their success stories. There may be some topology information or investigative information that we can all use to improve, excuse me, our efforts to um, uh, deal with the financial uh, crime component of this. Yeah, and the other part of this too that they call out, and this is for our policymakers, is that there's currently no federal laws that directly target this. So prosecution is not simple because the crimes are typically multi-jurisdictional, multi-state. So that's uh, that's also something to highlight. Uh, you know, get, given the the rise in all of this, should there be specific laws dedicated to this? Um, also, they mention that there's been an increase in violence, uh, which is something that seems logical that that would be the case, but you don't think about that necessarily. So, um, so, so when they talk to the private sector groups, they said, you know, that's why you people are losing jobs or they're leaving jobs saying, we don't want to be involved in a retail operation where we put ourselves at risk. So I think that's, that's important. Um, and, you know, again, they focus on high value items um, and then also common retailers that get targeted are pharmacies, big box retailers, home improvement stores, those sorts of things. And we've all seen some of that uh, on in media reports, right? So there's, there's a lot going on here, but the fact that there's no laws that are dedicated here is something to call out the importance of working um, with other local and state and federal authorities is important, but also recognizing this has a very negative effect on the economy and the community. Right. Um, the other piece of the economic impact is uh, where these goods are sold on black markets, there's no tax collected. And so right, right. the various taxing authorities um, uh, are, you know, losing funds too. So this is, you know, up and down the economy, not just at any one level. Right. So uh, check it out when you get a chance. Look at HSI's website. It's Operation Boiling Point. I just want to highlight as we close this down, uh, we have a webinar coming up on October 27th. We will be reviewing where we stand with uh, the AMLA law from a couple of years ago. There's been obviously some uh, changes, including the beneficial owner uh regulation uh, that's um, that's out. We'll, we'll have a nice discussion with a couple of experts, uh, Megan Hodge from Ally Bank and Dan Stepano, former OCC enforcement director. Uh, we'll be covering that and some of the other issues in AMLA, because even though it's not moved as quickly as I think folks would have hoped, there are still some things to think about for internal training purposes. And so we're going to discuss that on uh, October 27th at uh, 1, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Yes, and you can uh, register for the webinar um, at our uh, website, amlrightsource.com. So, John, good to talk to you, and we'll talk to you next week. Take care, Elliot. Stay safe. You too. Bye-bye.